Hey, it's H1. And guess what? H1 is in the building, and we're about to run it back with another episode. H1. H1. What are you going to talk about? What is this episode going to be about? Well, H1 is speaking, and I will tell you what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about creativity. Creativity is so important in chess. When you feel creative, that makes you more excited about playing chess. That makes you more motivated to play more games because you want to just be creative. And creativity can come from many things. When somebody gets into chess, sometimes their main goal is not to be the best, but to do something else. Like, there's so many authors that made books. They show their creativity in chess puzzles or speaking or... um, or writing books, or um, selling even chess sets, or having a chess store. That could be creative too. But mainly, we're going to talk about how to show creativity on the board. Now, my opinion is going to be different from most, but it's going to be a little bit of everybody's opinion in this episode. So I can't wait to talk about all this stuff. And here we go. H... One is starting this awesome episode. Let's get it! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is time to get down to business. And first of all, to get down to business, we're going to start on talking about when creativity begins in chess. Let me start you off with something. This question arose when I was talking to my brother, TTC, Topher. Topher the, we're going to call him Topher the champ on this, on this episode. He, he would like that. But told for the champ, I was talking to him about, I don't know, it, it came up randomly. We was talking about Cough Cough 19, Stimulus Checks, uh, just Resident Evil 3 at that time, maybe. I don't know, the remake. Maybe a little bit of Last... I don't, I, I don't know. We was talking. And then we got on the subject of chess. And he asked an important question to me that, that I just had to think about just for a little bit because it's hard to explain how to be creative in chess he asked me when can you be creative in chess now why does this question arise well when you started out playing chess it seems like you're always learning from somebody else you're always just um the main goal is just to soak up all this knowledge or to read every book or to watch every youtube video just soak up knowledge forever but when does creativity come about 
especially in this day of age. This is 2020 right now. And it seems like every kid, every teenager is learning on their computer and is becoming grandmasters online. I don't it's just so much information out. It just seems unfair because none of this information was out when I was younger. <laughs> Especially nowadays, there's so many people learning from programs. And then there's even the masterclass by Gary Kasparov that's out, which is super amazing. But how can we be creative? How can we just learn something on our own and just create something new or have the sense of being creative on a chessboard. Well, I think to begin being creative on a chessboard, you got to learn chess principles. Chess principles are super important. Like the famous chess principle, the threat is better than the execution. And having principles like that in your pocket or um, while you're playing a chess game, just having principles pop up, there's you can go different routes in your chess games. Maybe there's a more aggressive route and maybe there's a more solid route or defensive route. And you get to decide. You get to put your own personality in the game. Like, for example, there's many grandmasters that have their own personality in the game. Many people think of Tall as a, an aggressive attacker that always went for the king, always went for the castled king. No matter what, he always fought for what he uh, what he believed in. And Steinitz, the the best defensive person you couldn't attack him because his defense was just so up to par that's how he became a a world-class grandmaster one of the best in this time well is it the same now i don't know it's up for debate but i know when grandmasters be creative now when i be watching like tournaments or um, online games online games and then I hear the announcers um, watch the game and go move by move of what the Grandmaster is doing. And then at one move in the opening, they'd be like, oh, man, there's, an, there's not any games in with this move. This is a novelty. And they'd be like, oh, wow, this gives so many possibilities no grandmasters have ever did this move especially since this is not in the record at all and that's how grandmasters i think create stuff at home they just go on their computer look up different openings and how to surprise their opponent with something new if they've seen it and and especially if they haven't seen that move at all before then their opponent is just stumped and they might be just stumped for, I don't know, 10, maybe like 50 minutes. It, I don't know. It just depends on how powerful the novelty was. But as beginners, we don't know. We, we could create our own novelties, but it's not going to be good. It's because as a beginner, you can't even distinguish between good or bad moves yet. And especially your opponent's good and bad moves. But grandmasters, since they've been playing it, this game for a while, they can. They know how to decipher. Maybe I should try this. Maybe I should go for this angle. Maybe this position, I can do this plan. They know how to think a lot more about certain positions. And they know how to be 
more creative since they're already at the top of their uh, of the world right now of, of their chess playing skills personality is in chess a lot and you probably didn't know this but each opening has its own chess personality first of all what do I mean well you have to learn your own personality when you're playing a chess game for example you gotta know what you like or what you don't like so if you like open the games then I would go for the king's pawn opening or e4 something that is um, tactical aggressive um, targets the center but if you want closed or semi-closed positions then I would go for d4 or c4 it just depends on your chess personality and a lot of people have their own personality on the board now it's not only in the opening too it could be in the middle game most people are afraid to attack most people are good with just being defensive or going for the safe plan no risk you can be creative in the middle game it just depends on your plans or your ideas and guess what this is another chess principle I just thought of but a bad plan is better than no plan at all I'm just going to put that out there you can think about it interpret it the way that you want to interpret it okay I just put that in the middle of it so that you will know that there's more chess principles out there and then there's the end game and that's more complicated I'll Uh, it's a lot more complicated because there's a lot more chess principles and a lot of precision and sometimes there's (laughs) your creativity actually your creativity comes out in the end game as um, how much end game theory that you know like rook end games or bishop end games how you can draw in the end game when you're basically down a piece or something or your creativity comes out of different ways. It, basically, in the end game, your creativity comes out of how much knowledge you have in the end game. Because there's so many books, so many people talk about different types: rook, rook, uh, queen, king, and two pawn in the games. It's it's so much knowledge, and it's already been overrun. In, in from my perspective, now these styles, um, these different personalities, there's. Chess is such a beautiful game because there's sometimes no bad style. There's no, there's nothing to regret. If that's your style, that's your style. If you want to take a a responsible risk, then that's your style. If you want to do that each game, that's you. Um, When it comes to personalities, it, you, you can do you pretty much. Now, a little a little thing that I want to talk about too is emotions in a chess game emotions are um, different for each person for example Gary Kasparov if you see one of his games his emotions always shown on his face and he was a, a grandmaster and he was a, um, a world champion for a long time and his and his face always showed the emotions that he was giving. But there's probably another person, um, if they're 
I don't know if they're winning or losing a game. They don't show those emotions at all until the game is completely done. Everybody has different emotions. Some people get really frustrated when they lose a game or get really mad at the other person. But don't don't get violent. Okay, you can you can be mad with losing. It's okay. Each person has their own emotion. Welcome to the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke for this episode is Why didn't the pieces leave their house? Because they had to be captured first. Thank you for listening. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm, and we're back from that abrupt ending. H1, what are you doing? Can you be better? Yes, I, I, I can. As H1, I will be better. But let's continue this creativity conversation, which I think, yeah, this is going to be a little bit of story time. But first of all, we're going to start on um, one Grandmaster game, which can, uh, which proves my point of talking about creativity in the subject which is the importance of the match can make you creative depending on the match depending on if it's the last round or you face this person every tournament and you always lost to that person or it just, the situation evolving that game can make that game very creative for example, this Grandmaster game that popped right in my head when I was um, making this content was Magnus Carlsen against Fabiano. Fabiano Caruana. That World Chess Championship game was amazing because every single classical game that they played which the limit in that um, chess match was 12, they got all draws. All point five. It's unheard of. It's unspeakable. That many draws? We haven't had that many draws since Gary Kasparov and Karpov. But why did it come up to that many draws? They was they was fighting. If you look at those games, they was fighting. It, it didn't just come about because they offered a draw or it was... 
three move repetition. They fought each game, powerful openings and unique um, technique in the middle game. Even at the end game, they both had their chances. The matches were amazing, but they had 12 draws. But it was weird, though, because in the last game, Magnus offered a draw in the middle game. It was weird because Fabiano Caruana accepted the draw. And everybody was like, Magnus, what are you doing? Why did you accept the draw? Now you're going to go into rapid games, which are like 30 minute games. What are you what are you doing? You could have won that one and not had to do this at all. You could have just won the whole thing. And then the rapid game started with Magnus Carlson and Fabiano Caruana. They they wasn't they wasn't one hour and whatever the time control was, which was a long time control for classical. But it was rapid. It was time to go fast. The outcome of this. Magnus won all three of the games. No chance for Fabiano Caruana to win at all. And in an interview, Magnus explained why he offered a draw that last game. He offered a draw because he knew that he would be better at faster time control. He explained this because Fabiano Caruana at that time was not that like when I say not that good to a grandmaster, I mean that he wasn't past the rating twenty eight hundred. Like he would still demolish anybody under that rating, okay? Because Magnus' rating was insane, and his knowledge was insane, and his intuition is super superb, okay? Not saying that Fabi- Fabiano Caruana wasn't a good player because. He drew against Magnus 12 games in classical games. So his calculation and his technique was awesome too. I was actually rooted for both of them, but Magnus knew that he, his intuition was great enough to just know that he's going to win these next three Raptor games. He knew. And he took that chance just because of that hunch. Now, this decision by him, I don't like that he didn't fight to the end that last match. And it could have potentially backfired. He could have went, he could have lost the world championship. He, he could have lost. He could have lost the belt. But he knew and he won. He proved it by winning. And I think that that was creative on his part, since he proved that he was better at speed chess than his opponent. So, let me continue on this conversation with another example. It's from my own experience. Mmm. Mmm. Let me get this. Let me get this script out right quick. I don't. Yep. Nope. Yep. I thought I was gonna talk about that, but nah, nah. We're we're good. We're gonna say that for later. Sorry to be in the bus kill, but H one he 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 does <laughs> he does this. 
okay but let's go on to another thing what i think can be creative in my chess team i used to always um when i used to go over my games with my chess team when i was in high school i was like a sophomore or junior we used to always notate our games and we used to always show each other the games that we liked the most and the checkmates that we delivered to our opponents after a hard back and forth game it was amazing because i i loved showing my team the checkmates and the team loved sharing theirs too and we all marveled over the checkmates that we got some of them were unexpected and beautiful and some of them i can say was disrespectful <laughs> what do i mean by disrespectful checkmates well what i mean by disrespectful checkmates is that when somebody checkmates somebody else with a pawn out of all the pieces you checkmate somebody by the weakest piece on the board the pawn that only attacks diagonally two squares at a time when somebody's checkmated by the pawn my team and i knew that that was disrespectful the worst checkmate ever i refuse to get checkmated by a pawn i resign if it comes out of nowhere because that <laughs> that is not me i used to practice to get the pawn checkmate like actual puzzles online i used to just practice how to see pawn checkmate in three moves because i was so infatuated with the pawn checkmate i i had to place that on my board okay now that checkmate was disrespectful to me and if you delivered a cool knight and bishop checkmate those always are beautiful always come out of nowhere and it was super unique or there's one obvious checkmate or there's one obvious checkmate but then you do another checkmate because it looks better aesthetically looks pleasing i feel like those checkmates are disrespectful too because you could have just went in front of the king's face and been like hey with your queen just be like hey checkmate but you moved your queen somewhere else and it was like uh this looks better and it have some geometry um tactical stuff with it and the pattern is cool how i got the checkmate and that yeah yeah those those checkmates are super disrespectful so my team used to love seeing these checkmates and seeing the game that led up to the checkmates and i feel like checkmates were super super creative if you ever got a disrespectful checkmate like those that i as h1 explain so next time you got a pawn you next time you get a pawn or a bishop knight checkmate just think of h1 actually send me the checkmate let me see because i think it is so pleasing and so romantic to see that passion of your deliverance on the chessboard
This is the waiting room segment. Quotes by H1. And the quote of this episode is My favorite Pokemon is Alakazam. Thank you for listening. Time control finessing can be creative. In my book, time control finessing can be used in different ways. First of all, it could be used in time control pressure. When somebody is low on time and you're in a drawn position and you continue to play because his time is too low. For example, if I have three minutes on the clock and my opponent has 30 seconds on the clock and we're in a drawn position of probably equal pieces, rook, rook, end game, whatever, I'm going to keep on playing because eventually I am certain that he will make an inaccurate move or blunder completely. So, time control finessing can be a big part in you being creative. Or, for example, you think that you're losing, you're down at a, you're down in exchange, but your opponent is down on the clock. So, if you just kept on making good defensive moves, holding back your opponent, you could get the dub. He could even mess up or run out of time. When you realize those things and those things that you put into your mission on the chessboard, it can make you creative. But, you know, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about being disrespectful on the chessboard. You know, it's super disrespectful. If you have 10 seconds on the clock and your opponent has more time, like five minutes, but the person with less time wins the game still that is super disrespectful because that opponent that has lower time just proved that he used his time wisely and he just proved that the person that he was facing went too fast on his moves he thought more and balanced out his time But the person that still had more time and still lost, he went too fast or he blundered when he shouldn't have. He did a mistake. But and I see these situations happen a lot. And if you just stay in the game, even though you're down on time, you don't know what would happen. What if you're in a queen, king and a few pawns position in the end game and he blunders his queen? Can you checkmate in 30 seconds? You should be able to checkmate in 30 seconds. Or at least 20 seconds. Or at least 15. You should be able to get the dub. That's why I that's why I always tell my students to never give up. And I'm telling you right now, as H1, never give up. And I will do a whole episode on that. Because... That is the most important thing when I'm playing chess in my heart to never give up in a chess game. Now, when you're time time control finessing, 
Staying calm is key. When you're calm and you're making sound moves and you're relaxed, but you're both down on time, maybe you're both under a minute, the person usually who stays calm wins the game, who's more relaxed, who's in the moment of the situation. That person usually wins the game. And most importantly, this is important when you're playing online games. When you see that time trickle down to one minute, 59 seconds, 58 seconds, 57 seconds. You got to stay calm in those moments, in those positions. You can't just let your opponent beat you because you got too nervous. You need to be more confident in your moves. Do some pre-moves. Use anything to your advantage. You got to stay in control of the position. You can't let it get out of hand. That's why it's, it's good for you to study positions and ideas so that you will... Because the more that you study and the more knowledge that you have on a chessboard the more calm you will be and you would know what to do. Everybody that knows what to do or knows what they're talking about is more calm in that situation. Like, for example, when you're going to speak to an audience, usually it's better for you to know at least like 70% of what you're talking about because it makes you more confident when you're speaking to your audience. Get those good communication conversation skills while you're speaking to like 50 people it's the same with chess the more knowledge that you know the more you'll be calm in a chess position and plus uh, another thing on time control finessing um, that can be really creative is just keeping pace with your opponent if your opponent is not wasting that much time and it's easy moves like opening moves keep pace with your opponent you can't be slacking you can't be thinking like i don't know let's say you was playing a five minute game and your opponent only used 30 seconds you can't be thinking like two minutes on the opening the opening should be the a a quick uh, send off of moves you should know your opening you should know what you're going to do you should know the principles of the opening That's the easiest thing of the whole game, because once it gets hard in the middle game, you're going to need more time for the middle game and end game. Definitely when you're playing a fast chess game. You know, things can get messy on the real board. I enjoy watching chess games on the board and faster time control. I enjoy it because the board gets messy. The pawn you think is on B2, but it's actually on C2. And you think a bishop's on H1 when it's actually on on A8. You know, it's just those type of things that can get you uh, excited. Because they're moving so fast. Grandmasters, when when they're under time pressure, when they're forced to move fast, they they go. Just look at Nakamura uh, Hikaru games. His games, when he's playing over the board and and he's low on time and he has to bust out five moves that he probably already calculated in his head, he goes. He runs with it. He's a runner. But 
Online chess is definitely different than over the board chess. Online chess, you can you can do pre moves. Pre moves is cheating. Because over the board, you can't do pre moves. When your opponent is thinking, you have to sit there and wait until he's done with his thought. And he's done with his move with his hand. When you're playing online, you can do these these, these special things called pre-moves. And these pre-moves can make your one move 0.1 second. Depending on how fast your internet. I, I always had crappy internet, you know. <clears throat> I'm not going to be busting out anybody's internet. But pre-moves is a very good thing to utilize when you're playing your online chess games, especially when you're down in material, you usually use pre-moves when you're recapturing a piece. You don't want to use, you do not want to do dumb pre-moves, especially when there's a pre-move that your opponent can do that can steal your pieces. You gotta, you gotta do it in a strategic way. That's all I'm going to say. There was one time uh, pre-moves is really cool to be creative because there is the time when I was playing chess when I was teaching it was before the session it was before the session and I was playing this game on a computer it was going well we was both below 10 seconds and we was going at it I just had to finish the game I was up a whole rook it was king rook and king um, end game and I was going at it. I was doing the the pattern. And I was going at it to the checkmate. But I can just see all the seconds run down very slowly. And all I could do was pre-moves. I, I couldn't do slow moves. I had to finish the game with all pre-moves. And I finally finished the game. But my heart dropped when I saw the time. My opponent lost. I was surprised because on my side of the clock, I had not one second, but on online chess, I had 0.1 second. It was awesome. And I was very proud of myself when I accomplished that goal of checkmating somebody 0.1 second. The other side, he was probably so mad that I got the win in 0.1 seconds now let's talk about my failure right quick because not only have i got a win in 0.1 seconds but just recently i lost to somebody and he had zero seconds so that means that he probably had 0.0000 something seconds which made me frustrated but at the same time i'm like he got the dub he got the win. I respect that. What could I have done differently that game? And then I searched through it and I was like, there was nothing I could have done differently. I did every pre-move the best I could because I'm selfish. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's, I, uh, that's like half of what I was thinking, to be honest. Okay. That was just half of what I was thinking. Man, I just hate when... I lose those type of games when it's down to a few seconds and you're in a winning position 
and just losing on time just sucks. And I just think it's creative how people use time control to their advantage. Now, another thing that uh, contributes to time control is when people play faster time control, which is like rapid or blitz or even bullet, especially bullet. People are creative in their own way of using practical moves. There's a lot less risk taking when you're playing fast chess. So you don't go into some opening like the um, the poison pond Sicilian opening or some opening where you have to calculate and there's not a lot of moves for you to do. There's only one move. That's the um, that's the exact move for you to do. That is perfect. But people go into openings where it's casual, it's easy develop all my pieces. All my pieces are developed. Um, I can do several moves, but I can get away with them since this is a bullet and it's just easy flowing moves. And those positions are very creative. That's when somebody is just letting out their creativity when they're doing specific openings with many options. One more scenario I'm going to talk about with time pressure is I've seen people lose especially i've seen a grandmaster top 10 lose this way it's when two opponents are at a chessboard and one opponent is clearly winning but the win is not that simple actually in this win there's many ways to win but at the same time it's still tricky and you as the player or a player, he has to choose one way that is the best way of winning. That is the best way of getting the job done. When players have too many options, it's a good spot to be in because you're thinking, hey, I'm going to win this game no matter what option I do. But at the same time, you're like thinking too long about the options how are you going to win? And then you do one of the winning moves, but then you have to follow through with it. Let's say you have a hard-headed opponent that never stops fighting. And that and that is always and that is always finding tricks. Talk Davon, that is always finding tricks. Because when somebody's on the defensive, they don't just give up. They have eagle eyes looking for tactics, looking for ways that you will lose. That's why you celebrate, not during a chess game, but afterwards, after you win. Because you don't want to touch an animal that is hurt. Have you ever touched an animal that is hurt? Let's say a, a bear has a gash on his leg. Are you going to touch that gash with your hand? Are you going to stick your hand in that gash? No, it's a bear. Better, you better be hesitant. Hopefully that's a good illustration because H1 
could have made a better one, but nah, I, I chose that one. I chose that Build-A-Bear example, but yeah, that's the only example I'm going to get. H1, you, you messed up for that one. Just going to leave us hanging? Maybe. Um, shoot. Call me, maybe. Oh, you made it. You made it till the end. H1, you are ending this? What? This is confusing, bro. Well, since you're ending it, you you I think I think H1 is ready for the review. What's the review? Well, first of all, we talked about ways of how you can be creative from my perspective in chess, which is the personality of the chess game and the importance of the chess game and for me personally it was going over checkmates don't forget about the disrespectful checkmates of the pawn that's that's super disrespectful you hear me bro you don't shoot it just makes me mad just go over and over that man i never got checkmated with a pawn my whole chess career you'll see ten thousand losses on my on my online thing but you you won't see a pawn checkmate on me shoot but anyway the other thing that we went over was time control finessing, which is my favorite because I just love to see someone battle it out. Bullet. I, I was just obsessed with bullet chess and blitz chess on YouTube. I just love just seeing it. Not because of it's it's not even the person that I liked and uh, liked seeing on YouTube. It was usually the game and like the fight and the opening and the battling of the metal game. The ideas clash. It was finessing on time control is amazing. But other than that, in this next episode, I have something special. We're going to talk about it's such a broad episode that we're going to talk about. And I'm just going to begin that section with chess mistakes chess mistakes okay hopefully you'll come back for that and i'm gonna work hard on that subject but other than that thanks for listening and i appreciate all of your help and i welcome you to come back so that we can run it back with some more chess knowledge peace